On today's Between the Lines, I'm talking to multi-award winner, CEO and founder of Lillian Ribbon, Tanya Patel. To kick off our Spotlight on Entrepreneur series, we are excited to have Tanya on the show. Having started out her career in finance with positions at HSBC and Santander, she decided to sign up to the Marks and Spencer's graduate scheme, fast-tracking through the business over a 10-year period to become international project manager in 2017. Following the birth of her first child, Tanya decided to follow her passion in product design and set up her own company in 2018 and has witnessed fast growth and a successful pivot as the pandemic hit. Hold on to your seat as we listen to Tanya as she shares the challenges she faced as an entrepreneur, how she pushed forward through such adversity and all this with only four hours sleep. Listen up and enjoy. We are so pleased to be working with the Company of Entrepreneurs to bring you this Spotlight on Entrepreneurs episode of Between the Lines. The Company of Entrepreneurs is part of City of London's historic livery movement and is a membership organization of industry-leading entrepreneurs who are committed to promoting and supporting excellence in business entrepreneurship. Aside from the fellowship it brings to its member Freeman, it provides a vital network for advice, education and acceleration for entrepreneurs to grow their business, especially those from underserved communities. As partners, we are privileged to align with them to grow the community and celebrate the success of its members. To learn more about their work, visit entrepreneurscompany.org. Today, I'm joined by Tanya Patel. Tanya, welcome to Between the Lines. Hi, hey, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for taking your time out of your very busy schedule. I know in the last three years, you've had two babies, started your business, been sleeping four hours. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. No, my absolute pleasure. It's really great to be here to share the journey. So my listeners want to know all the trials and tribulations you've had setting up your own business and obviously a lot of successes and a lot of highs. So um, let's just jump in. Just set the scene for the listeners um, about what Lily and Ribbon do. Sure. So Lily and Ribbon are a maternity and nursing wear brand. Um, We specialize in clothing and accessories for a mum-to-be and a postnatal mum. So basically nothing for me. Nothing for you, Haig, unless, you know, we want to think about a different business idea. You know, I'm all for it. (laughs) You can still stay on the show. So you've been in lockdown. I'm interested straight away to jump into social media because I know that you had a question starting out your business, whether you have a storefront or whether you go online. And I'm guessing that uh, digital kind of social had a big play in your decision. So let me know exactly what you're doing in social right now. Yeah, absolutely. So our our, our business is um, using many social channels at the moment. We're using um, Instagram and Facebook, but also as an entrepreneur, I'm I'm kind of delving a little bit into Clubhouse and LinkedIn. And I found that kind of during lockdown, it's quite nice to be on LinkedIn and be a bit more present than I used to be because I've saved on that commute time to go into the office. So yeah, it's good. Tanya, you're an award-winning entrepreneur. So what was your dream job when you started? Because I have a feeling it's not what you're doing now. 
so for me, it was really, I was probably a career advisor's worst nightmare. I wanted to be a lawyer in the day, but I also loved to fashion design. So uh, they really couldn't place me, to be honest, Haig. And I remember having some really difficult conversations um, with a career advisor about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, But I always believed that you, you need to try and do things that you'll enjoy. And then by default, you'll be good at them. So that's kind of the ethos I followed and probably what's you know brought me here today. And what did you study starting out? I studied business and uh, human psychology um, at Aston University. So that kind of gave me a really good foundation into two things I'm really passionate about. Do you think the, uh, the degree made a lot of difference? I mean, business and psychology, was the psychology useful? Do you think it really matters what you studied? Would you have done the same thing? I think studying made um, open doors for me in terms of the graduate scheme. I think I learned a lot in terms of business, you know, skills and foundation of what business is, but actually doing business, it's very different to what you study. So yes, it gave me a great emphasis as to the things I should focus on. But what I found is the theory didn't necessarily match up the experience. So it took that 15 years to get all the experience and to live that, you know, that operational management strategy, I guess, that you learned about you know right and I think when we spoke earlier you said when you started out it was kind of your dream job I think like me I started out in corporate too and um, I 12 13 years of corporate seemed like a dream job especially in those days international travel caviar on the first class flights so so that was your start in life right and then you decided to change that But, but, but tell me how you felt you know at the beginning when you started working my first ever job was actually in retail at British Home Stores. And at the, the young age of 16, I was in charge of running the small concession of Tammy Girl, as it was. I know it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, so really took ownership of that. Went into banking, so learned the, the, you know, the numbers and realized that there was some fantastic management opportunities in the graduate sector at Marks & Spencer. And that's where I started my corporate career. And I think that's what gave me a really good foundation and understanding what business is all about. And you spent quite a lot of time with Marks and Spencers, right? Fast tracking through different departments. Absolutely. I mean, I spent 13 years there and I did everything from backstage logistics all the way to international project management. So covered different areas of the business and really got a good grasp of the different faculties within the business. What made you leave that very safe, stable, structured lifestyle? I was working there for a long time and I proposed many ideas to the business that went to national level and some were implemented. So um, I proposed an idea about an app and um, uh, direct sort of give me, it was called give me five. It was like an apprentice style CEO scheme where an advisor could pitch to the CEO, which was rolled out nationally. And When I was pregnant, I actually realized that I couldn't find great maternity wear. Ironically, I was going to try and find an outfit for an award ceremony and I just couldn't find anything. And I realized that there was a a bit of a market here um, for stylish, good, um, you know, good quality maternity wear. And then I kind of had a decision to make whether I sort of took the project on with Marks and Spencer or whether I actually made the decision in and kind of did it on my own and did it on my terms. And I think that was the hard point of when I had to really decide what angle or, you know, what I wanted to do with with the business. And that's when I kind of decided that actually the best thing would be to feel the fear, I guess, and do it anyway. 
<laughs> so did you have any friends that had also inspired you to to kind of again quit that kind of corporate job which I did is, is pretty scary so did you have some influences there that kind of pushed you over the edge as it were yeah absolutely I mean for me timing as it as it is um I won the Asian Women of Achievement Award um for business leadership I was one of the youngest leaders for Marks and Spencer mm-hmm. and yeah. I was invited to uh afternoon tea at Buckingham Palace with Pinky Lalani. And there were some fantastic role models that looked like me and probably were doing amazing things. Some of them owned um, international PR agencies. You know, um, we had really, really um, amazing corporate lawyers there. And it just gave me some perspective, I guess, about what I could achieve if I put my mind to it. And I think that Asian Women of Achievement Network, I guess, opened up my eyes in terms of what I can achieve, um, you know, as a woman in business and not just as someone working in the corporate world. So so let me just repeat that. So you had tea at Buckingham Palace because of your award and that's amazing. So kind of, is it like the crown or the only other kind of palace thing I've seen is, is Peppa Pig goes to Buckingham Palace, but it's going to be like one of those experiences, was it? And did you see the Queen? It was absolutely surreal. Um, and there was definitely members of the royal family there. And it was it was just a, a lovely experience. And it also, you know, as a little girl, you always, you know, from a British heritage, you always dream of these moments. And what I found is in one year, all these moments were transpiring that I always wanted to do. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a really great experience. And definitely felt a little bit surreal and like the crown. So you've left the palace. You've decided to start your own business. And um, again, when I did that, uh, there's a nice quote I found about uh, that that kind of describes the experience, which is apparently rock bottom has a basement. So even though you have a lot of highs, you know, running your own business, obviously there's a lot of lows. And coming out of corporate, there's highs and lows. But but like I said, it can get pretty tough, right? So. Um, Tell me how you've lived through some of the tough times of the business and then we'll go into the happy times. Of course. I think they both go hand in hand. Um, the the happy times have got me through the tough times. Um, having conversations with, um, you know, people that inspire me have given me advice that, you know, Tanya, what goes up must come down. Um, you know, very cliche, but, you know, roller, you know, I think a part of the entrepreneur journey and also the motherhood journey is really riding the waves. Right. And I feel like that that's what what the tough times have have done for me. But also it's remembering the good times when times do hit that rock bottom, because you're absolutely right. Hey, there is definitely a low um, that you can hit when, when you're an entrepreneur. And um, I was listening to a podcast, actually. Um, it was Oliver Cookson's podcast, and they talked about actually mental health and entrepreneurship. And for me, I feel like we as entrepreneurs have to have a baseline. So many entrepreneurs can, could struggle with mental health because of the lows that you have where you think that everything is crumbling around you. Um, but what's really saved my sanity, I guess, is just talking to people about some of the challenges and trying to navigate through them so it doesn't get to the point where you are at absolute rock bottom and you can quickly revive yourself is, is probably the best thing. Tanya, I asked you earlier about role models that kind of help you push you over the edge, but but I guess you need different role models once you're in business. So tell me a little bit about how important it is to have good role models when you're starting your own business. 
So it, it's super important, Haig. And um, I listened to a really good um, panel talk recently and a lady called Addie Pinkster talked about having your personal board. And I really believe in that. I feel like you need to rely on different people to ask for different areas of expertise as and when you need it. Um, so a few people that have really, really pushed me along the way are ironically my former boss at Marks & Spencer, Simon, who then introduced me to the Pinky Line um, Asian Women of the Achievement Network. But someone that really inspired me to just take the leap, I guess, was Xavier Roulette. And he was the um, former CEO of the London Stock Exchange. But he was also a judge at the awards where I won the, the Business Leadership Award. And as a thank you, I, I wrote him a thank you note. And he said, oh, whenever you're in town, come and see me and, and it will be great to congratulate you in person. So I thought, right, I better do this. And um, I went to go and see him at the London Stock Exchange to say thank you and just really appreciate some of the accolades and some of the things that he said about me in the reference. And he then kind of went a bit quiet and said, so Tanya, what, what would you like to do in a few years? And this story, Haig, has, has been a story that I can really tell you has made me pivot in, into this. I first had to think about it and I was like, maybe I should just tell him the truth. I'd love to be a director, Xavier, um, you know, in a director for Marks and Spencer. And it went quiet. And my internal dialogue started thinking, God, wow. I've said something wrong. Yeah. Um, maybe I shouldn't have been too ambitious. All these thoughts started going on in my head. And a few minutes later, he said to me, but Tanya, why don't you want to be the CEO? And there was something about that moment that made me really feel inspired because I felt like I really can achieve. What a fabulous thing to say, yes. And he said to me, and he actually said to me, Tanya, if you aim for the moon, if you fail, you'll land in the stars, but don't aim too low. And I think that that's been the, you know, been the driving force, I guess, around kind of my journey and where it started and where it is today. That's, a, that's an amazing story, and thank you for sharing that. And in that, there's an implication that you obviously need to keep the confidence going. I want to ask you a bit about something else you mentioned, which is kind of related, I guess, which was you started off with everything very prim and proper. You said in terms of everything to look good, you know, very smooth on the surface like a swan. And then you kind of switched to being a bit more authentic is the word you used in terms of better way to connect to people about your business. And um, so tell me how what made you switch and... When did you have the aha moment for that? So my corporate background means that I've just, I've, you know, everything has to be perfect. Um, and, you know, everything needs to be checked a hundred times before it's published. And ironically, in the first, I would say, six months to a year, it was all very, very prim and proper. Even when we were doing the model casting and all of this, all the way to what the branding looks like on the site. But then... What I realized is that my customers, we were going to lots of exhibitions and doing lots of pop-up shops at the time. And I realized that a lot of my customers are all from different backgrounds, different shapes and sizes, different careers. And everybody had their own motherhood story. And nice. I spoke to one of our PR, um, PR, PR advisors and she said, absolutely, Tanya, you know, it, wouldn't it be great if you showcased real women stories? And wow. this is where then we had the pivot in the business where we were. We were absolutely focusing on, on real women and who they were and what made them great. And, and I think that's kind of where that pivot happened. And this also led to, product, you know, different product development, Hague. So, you know, our jeans, for example, we'd always done a size H14, but we spoke to the supplier and we got them from a size six to a size 26 wow. and three leg lengths. 
So when it comes to inclusivity, we really feel like we're really trying to go in the right place when it comes to that. And just because, you know, you're pregnant doesn't mean that you should be, you know, not in the right clothing at that time. Yeah, in terms of your genes, some of my mates probably need some of those genes after a year in lockdown, drinking wine and eating at home. So... Well, they're fabulous after after a Sunday Sunday lunch, but I didn't tell you that. I might sponsor a, I might sponsor my own line with you just for my mates. But uh, talking to product line, you won product awards, and I think that was obviously fantastic. You get recognised, and and your product gets you know kind of put out there. But you were mentioning there's a downside to that, right? The downside to that is then you're on people's radars, <laughs> and um, you know as a as an entrepreneur, very new to the business, um, I realised very quickly that. Um, you know, the fashion industry is quite brutal when it comes to design. And um, I just need to stay one step ahead when it comes to innovation. So, you know, when we won best maternity jeans, there was a lot of, you know, lookalikes um, that came out within six months after that award. But, you know, as, as we spoke about before, it's about always staying in the front line and always innovating. And then that competition, that pain then isn't as painful because you know what your next steps are. No one else knows that. Talking about the jeans that themselves I think the listeners want to know how much effort you really put in to get that award I mean you went to like five suppliers ten suppliers I mean how many places do you go to be different and unique with your designs I think that that was a a really interesting story because I think it was probably about 20 manufacturers slash suppliers that we went to see um and then we met a supplier but the product still wasn't perfect so we worked with them to then make it perfect i.e the waist sizes the length sizes um and the color color pick so and then it comes to like trying them on so it's probably all in all we probably spoke to about 50 people originally and then it was about probably 100 sample tests before we went to the right one and then when we did get best maternity gene award it felt really special especially with some accolades like the independent because we know all the hard work that goes behind behind that i guess and and i'm i'm interested to know how did it feel when kind of like you say people stole your designs or stole in inverted commas i mean how do you feel inside as when you suddenly saw that people just, you know, can run ahead, they have more money than you, they have more manufacturing power than you? I mean, it is it is very brutal. It hurts. Like the raw emotion is totally there. And I guess, you know, being an avid Formula One follower, <laughs> you are always going to have competition. Right. And I think an element about this is about how you're going to navigate it. So it was really difficult. And actually, I remember um, picking up the phone to a really good friend of mine um, who's, an, who's an old commercial director as well. And I spoke to him about it. And, and I was like, I can't believe, you know, this has happened. And he said, Tanya, you need to you need to pull, you know, pull your socks up and get over it and think about your next next product or think about, you know, what, how else you want to grow the brand. And I think that stayed really true to me. So initially, absolutely, like anyone, you know, with any bad news, it's really difficult. Okay. Uh, but actually, there has to be a light at the end of it to be recognized for something, but also to kind of and that made me a bit sharper in the future. So when we were sort of, you know, against some of our competitors, in the future, I knew that if we were to get this accolade, to just be aware of, you know, what what orders come through in the next three months, because you never know, you know, you, it's just the best way to, I guess, protect our IP to a certain extent, but not get too precious that we're then stopping our business or not doing the right thing towards the business. So um, I think pivot was the word of 2020, right? Everybody 
talked about people pivoting their businesses, lifestyles, a year of transformation. And I, I think you had to pivot too, just to kind of stay afloat. Is that right? I actually had a baby in um, January 2020 and um, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to take, you know, six weeks off with the baby and then I'll, I'll get back into work, um, you know, full full fledged. And it didn't turn out like that. So what happened was um, obviously the, the news from Wuhan was, you know, coming through and I thought, oh, maybe something's going to happen in the UK and, you know, we may have some problems with business potentially, but didn't know the extent. So we'd actually worked with some suppliers and curated an amazing collection um, for September 2020. And we brought that forward six months. Um, ironically, it was loungewear, which was really helpful um, wow. because we already, you know, planned this. So then it was actually speaking to some of our suppliers and manufacturers to say, actually, how can we bring this forward? What's the impact? And then obviously there was lots of logistical delays. So, you know, there was one side of me with a four day old baby making phone calls, you know, to some of our suppliers to say, actually, how can we do this? How can we turn it around? So we absolutely pivoted. Um, but it, I guess, you know, the entrepreneur spirit is that you have to get through it. So, you know, it's the word of the, the year, as you said, but it definitely was something that I had to do at full fledged speed just to get it back onto track again. So Tanya, give me two pieces of advice that every entrepreneur who's kind of in your shoes, jumping from maybe corporate to starting their own business should consider. So for this, Hague, I would say there's definitely no manual. Um, so you have to have a vision and a purpose um, as to why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that will make it a little bit easier. But like motherhood, I found that business, it, you have to take every day as it comes. So that would be the first thing. And the second thing would be to really know that entrepreneurship is not a lonely journey it doesn't have to be a lonely journey and in my first year I thought I genuinely thought it was and I had to do everything myself but I've realized that you know if you do have a great personal board or people that you really trust you can really get advice very quickly and they can help you navigate challenges um, along the way and I had a really great conversation being able to tackle that as and when it comes wow yeah, talking about people and and going a little into your personal life. So, so do you have like a super husband who supports you, or do you have a super nanny? Because it seems like you've gone through, you know, having two babies while while you've had three critical years of your business during COVID. Do we get an acknowledgement for the husband or not? I mean, I'm a husband, so I'm I'm, I'm plugging it. Absolutely. I mean, he is definitely super husband. He has been very supportive through my journey and has really been my backbone um when we talked about some of those lows of business um in terms of giving me some advice and giving me that hope when I needed it um but also my mom um you know she when the you know COVID got really difficult and the navigating you know life um got really difficult she actually took early retirement so she could come and live with us and come and help us now I know that's that you know that's not um available for everybody but it it felt like it was the right thing so without my husband and my mom you know um things would be very different and also um it's just having good childcare so knowing that you've got a plan in place so if plan a doesn't work out always to have a backup option because you know childcare can really make or break a business or can really make or break a family unit last question is i know you support a charity called pandas 
So I wanted to, to, to give you a chance just to give them a plug and what they do and, uh, and why, why you support them. Absolutely. So when I when I started the business, the thing that made us different was we were able I was able to just pick up the phone and speak to some of our customers and ask them about how they're finding the product and you know what what they're finding about it and how they enjoyed working, you know, not working, but buying from the brand. And very quickly, just from friends and customers, we realized that maternal mental health was something that wasn't talked about enough. And there wasn't that much awareness for it four years ago when I first started the brand so we got in touch with pandas and we had a conversation about the fact that we have their direct customer base and wouldn't it be great if we gave a leaflet with their telephone number just to kind of highlight that this service existed so initially it started off sort of just telling our customers about them and now it's kind of turned into more of a revenue generation for us supporting the charity so we we donate a pound per product for our essentials range that goes straight there which really supports their phone lines and also it supports not only prenatal but postnatal mental health as well and I know personally so many people that have been affected by it that I really feel like it's not just a brand that does clothing it's a brand that really cares about the well-being of mothers and that's one thing we can be remembered for and you know is our collaboration with pandas which is very you know close to my heart that's brilliant so every week tanya i ask a, a guest a question that i wouldn't want to answer because i'm not really sure but all my <laughs> guests are all smarter than me so if uh, so you, you've kind of done a lot of things right you you've kind of ticked the education side you've done a lot of corporate you've done wonderful amazing international travel and all that. So um, you started your own business. So you get the Hey Dougie badge for risk taking and starting a business and surviving during COVID. So I guess the question is, if you're ready, are you ready? I'm ready. The question is, what are the three things you still want to do on your bucket list? Fantastic question. They're going to be, you know, real personal answers. So one is I want to be the role model for my children and I want to really carve them a path for them to believe that anything is possible. And if their mother can do it, they can absolutely do it because they have their mother and father to support them along the way. So one would be totally personal from a children perspective. Two is I would love to pass on some of the knowledge I've acquired. So I think I still probably got a good 20 years in business still um, exploring different opportunities, which I'm really excited about, but also to pass on that knowledge through great networks are you woman of the future and really inspire that next generation of um younger younger generation also women also you know women from different backgrounds um that's really important to me to share because I feel like my podium or you know what I've achieved wouldn't have been achieved if I didn't have some great role models or some great sponsors on the way and the third I'm an absolute um, avid Formula One fan so I would love to on my bucket list visit every single track because I think that's kind of my relax my release into you know something away from business so they're they're my three is being a great mom being a great inspiration to the next generation I guess and you know my own personal passion of Formula One well, well hopefully you'll be able to go to the Formula One soon well thank you for coming on the show and for sharing so much of your journey my absolute pleasure hey thank you so much for having me and i hope to see you soon either in person or maybe on on a clubhouse so we're going to have a room there too so i'm going to bring you in to have a chat i'd love to do that hey thank you so much thank you tanya bye-bye thank you for listening that was a brilliant interview 
I hope you all enjoyed it. Remember to share and subscribe to Between the Lines with Hay. Thank you and see you next time. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, the Company of Entrepreneurs, for this episode. There will be more in the Spotlight on Entrepreneur series coming up, so do not miss out and subscribe. To find out more about their expertise on entrepreneurship, visit entrepreneurscompany.org.